Cathedral James Wolfe. I watched as the rain on the roof of the house across the street makes little puddles in the spots that are uneven. The water is pooling and building up pressure on the old roof and will probably collapse any time. I ash my palm all in the old coffee can filled with sand that I keep on the porch of my first floor apartment. I'm looking at the ashy sand in the can and I can't help but think that it's the most unique creation that I can call my own right now. Water suddenly comes down from my own roof, apparently having built up enough pressure on my section of the gutter and soaks my ash can creation. It's an apartment complex that is old, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised that the damn thing collapsed. I just can't figure out why my gutter section has to be the only one that collapses. Two young girls with pink umbrellas are making their way through this old block of apartments and houses across the street. They have those huge rubber rain boots that match their umbrellas. They are laughing and jumping in little puddles as they make their way out of my vision. The umbrellas make two orbs of bright color that stand out from the mundane colors of the gray afternoon. They seem too old to be playing like children. Then again, maybe I'm just too old. Maybe my skin is too pale and my eyes are too wrinkled to even be able to understand what it's like to be young again. People who see me at work at the paper factory or at home sitting on my porch probably wouldn't believe I'm only 37. My hands are all bony and chalk white like those of a man in his twilight years. I wish I had touched more people with my hands. I mean that figuratively and somewhat literally. Sometimes I just wish that everything wasn't so impersonal, that's all. I wish I was back in the day when people hand-wrote letters instead of email. I wish I couldn't be contacted any time of day or night via something as cold as a text. The roof of my neighbor's across the street's house is shit gray like the rest of the house. There's this garage with a bay door that's old and it creaks when it opens up at 2.30 a.m. every Friday and Saturday night when he or she or whoever lives there always returns from their weekend binge drinking in their short red sports car with the tinted black windows. I always wondered why someone with a car like that would live in a dump like that old house is. I wonder what that house would look like if it was painted pink. So I put a little dip in my right cheek and I put a little dip in my left cheek. I bet I look like a squirrel. Fucking squirrels. I remember watching a squirrel once when I was a good little boy scout. I could never figure out why those little bastards spent so much energy collecting damn nuts to store, bury, and hide. I mean, why? They never fucking stopped. They always are running around in nature, in parking lots, in a parking lot across the way. Why the fuck would an animal feel such a need to be so fucking busy? 
I mean, I guess squirrels have mates. So Mr. Squirrely probably meets some Mrs. Squirrely at some point and does all sorts of crazy shit for her. Bear with me. Tobacco makes my brain too sh shitty, crazy stuff. So relationships are fucking stupid, shallow, phallic. Think about it. Like most relationships are a series of moans, sweat, squeals, gasps, juice, contorted faces, titty kisses. Don't tell me they're not. You know that they are. You just don't think about it when you're in public. But when you're alone, sitting, thinking, reading, you know it. You pretend that it's more when you're happy, but sooner or later you get back to knowing the carnality that is the core of all relationships. Selflessness has absolutely nothing to do with it. Humans do nothing that will not directly or eventually benefit themselves, which means it's every man or squirrel for himself or herself. Yeah, you think it's love, honor, and respect, but it's more like pound, pound, pound. Suck, suck, suck. Squish, squish, squish. Men and women are at war. The bombs are flying in the forms of words exchanged over a well and carefully prepared dinner. The man wants more. The woman wants more and neither wants to be categorized as male or female. It's the goddamn 21st century. There is no room for gender here. So, what, like the squirrel is gonna provide and care for some sort of Mrs. Squirrely? Really? The animal kingdom is going to outshine in responsibility and sheer love where the humans have obviously failed? So Mr. Squirrely is going to do what for Mrs. Squirrely? Okay, so once I saw this little squirrel, bear with me. I had like two shots of whiskey before coming out onto my porch, man. So there he was, the little bastard squirrel. He's like underneath a Jeep Cherokee and he's got these nuts. Yeah, like nuts in his hands, like any realistic male. And he's waiting by the side of the fucking road. So he's there, and he's working his little ass off like there is no tomorrow. I look left over to the other side of the road, and there's this bitch of a squirrel. I bet her name was like Diana, or, or something sultry and minxy like that. But she wasn't a minx. She was a squirrel, right? So there she is in all her pomp and luxury, up in this fucking tree. She's all looking down at Chester. That's what I think the little squirrel with the nuts was called. By the other squirrels. He's sitting there with the meal for the night and maybe the whole fucking winter. And there she is, just sitting up there in the home that he probably fucking paid for. So if you ask me, Chester should have just cut and run. I mean, who would want that sort of commitment, right? I think Chester must have written some sort of squirrel song and chirped and imped it out for Diana at some point. I'm sure none of the other squirrels objected to their marriage. They were such a good-looking couple of squirrels. 
Anywho, Chester probably gave up poker night, a GameCube, and some number of other great lays in order to settle down with the squirrel Diana. I mean, that had to have been some sort of a pussy on Diana, right? I mean, the logic of nature really doesn't follow, right? I mean, it's just not natural that Chester would do what he did, right? I mean, there is... I mean, there he is, with all the nuts, and he runs right across the busy street and runs right in front of a fucking car. I'm talking vroom! Diana's watching. Chester's standing there with his nuts and dumb fucking look on his face. Splat! Why? I know why I live in this dump of an apartment complex. Like so many other people in this town, I have no reason to move. What would I do differently if I went somewhere else? I liked my job at the factory, and I could walk there from here. Which I do. I guess there are a lot more people who live in this complex because it's all that they can afford. I can afford other stuff. But again, what would change so much about my life if I lived in a different area? I guess I don't really know why people live here. I guess I like it because I can still smoke and nobody cares. I guess I like it because it doesn't have any internet connection floating around in the air containing God knows what. I guess I like it because the whole damn block is old enough that I'm sure everything has happened here. I guess there was probably some murder that took place in an apartment four or maybe seven. I guess there was probably some baby born in one of the apartments somewhere at some point. I guess there was probably a happy newlywed couple who made a first home out of one of the apartments. I guess living here makes me feel more connected to life or something. I dump out the ashy sand-filled water bucket of a coffee can and start anew with the empty can by the rocking chair and a new death stick in between my fingers. All I can hear is the rain. No music, or yelling, or anything. I know smoking kills, but I figure that's part of life, I guess. I light up. I remember how Sally used to lecture me about how smoking kills and secondhand smoke kills babies and funny stuff like that. I tried to tell her that I had to be near a baby first if I was going to kill it, but she didn't think that was funny. I found out later from my best buddy, Mike, he was Sally's husband, that Sally was sterile. He told me that they had been trying to make a baby for almost a year, and that if it didn't look like it was going to happen. I knew that Sally was on edge, so I eventually quit smoking for almost six months as Mike and Sally tried to make their baby. Eventually, they broke up over it, of course. He just left his job at the factory, and I started smoking again, and I never saw Sally again. The car goes by, and it's filled with music that seems to be bouncing around the glass cage as it speeds past the apartment complex carrying its one passenger to his or her destination where important things are going to happen, I guess. I wonder if anyone else in this apartment complex smokes. I wonder if my landlord knows me by name or by the numbered apartment that I occupy.
I wonder why Sally and Mike didn't try to stay together longer. I can't take this. I can't hear anything as the rain continues to pound on the dark, ashy pavement. I wander out in the middle of the road as the steam from my breath and the smoke from my lungs fills the hydrated air around me. I'm a lone man in a black t-shirt, black trousers, and bare feet who is tired. I'm tired of guessing. I want to know who it is behind those dark ashen doors and who drives those cars that fly past so damn fast. I start waving my arms like a lunatic. Who are you? I spit the words out like it's a collection of cancer that's been building up in my gut and the dark, wrinkled parts of my aching soul. I want to know where you are from. I don't think anyone can hear me. I want to know why you came here. My shirt is sticking to my torso and my jeans are sticking to my crotch and my nuts. So tightly that I can feel my ribs and my nuts showing through my skin and through my shirt. As the rain gets louder, the more that I yell, Hi! I can't tell my tears from the rain. I want to know why you're here! I drop my arms. I bow my head. I am alone. I think I hear a honking somewhere. I look up. There's a woman in the second story window of the house across from my apartment complex. She's the woman who drives the car that comes home so late every weekend. She's wearing a pink bra. They make two orbs of bright color that stand out from the mundane colors of the shit that is my single life. She's looking at me. She sees me. I smile. She looks terrified. I didn't see the semi-truck coming, I guess. But I do now, and it's too late. I do see the license plate. It has one of those cute little pink ribbons for breast cancer. A nice pink ribbon to finally smash into my thin little legs as I blow out my last breath of smoke-filled air into the damp atmosphere as this woman with the pink boobies is watching me. Finally watching me. It's so beautiful. It's so codependent. It's so beautiful. It's so pink. Now I know. I smile. Squish. Squish.